You are now about to witness the strength of Raider Nation. a beat down today I don't want to be a part of it New York fuck the New York Jets and Adam Gase and Sam Darnold too the latest edition of Raiders beat down New York edition is just completed a couple days ago um, with a thorough manhood taking in New York done by the Jets who just annihilated the Raiders 34 to 3 got completely punched in the mouth just got kept getting punched thunder punched in the throat as they say get thunder punched in the throat this is new era nation Oakland Raiders podcast uh, about everything going on with the team and the NFL and we hope to bring you good insight and opinions about the team welcome in everybody all are welcome even non-Raider nation if you want to take a listen, that's great. And as always, thank you for listening and thank you for all the support out there. I really appreciate it and can't thank you guys enough. And isn't it a lovely morning? I'm not ready for your nonsense right now, sure. I need to get whatever it is you're taking every day. That every morning, no matter what's lovely. Get the hell out of here. So yeah, the Raiders got beat down, skull drug, uh, molly whopped, boo bopped, whatever you want, all of that. In New York this weekend. A very disappointing, very, very disappointing performance by the Oakland Raiders. With everything on the line to maintain a playoff spot. And that's how they come out and perform. I did not expect a performance like this out of them on Sunday. And probably just, you know, probably just going to stop doing predictions altogether. That was disastrous. Not doing myself, the nation, or the team any favors. By putting them on a pedestal when reality hit pretty hard on Sunday. Although I have said that this team is not, you know, is a bottom 10, bottom 8 or so talent with these other teams around us. And to enjoy it because we could not win another game the rest of the season. That's not what I want to be prophetic. I would rather have me predicting a 10-point, you know, double-digit victory over the Jets. That would have been nice to see. But all it is, is we're just reminded, slapped in the face with reality. Humbled, you know, as some of the players are saying. And a lot of these players are saying what you need to say. You know, we didn't show up. We got punched in the mouth. They deserved the win. They kicked our ass. Da, 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 da. And because all of it was true. And then when they thoroughly whoop your ass, you get people talking after the game. This really felt a lot like that Redskins game from a couple years ago. I'm not saying anything about it's going to result in the same kind of slide. No way. I'm just saying it felt like that. We Raiders came in. You felt they had a chance here on the East Coast. And then uh, they're just getting mollywopped up and down the field throughout the entire game. And the safeties are talking shit after the game. It's just very, very familiar feel. But by no means, that's the only thing that's familiar about that 2017 team. Nothing else in that situation, is close. So I'm not even suggesting anything like that. But this was a thorough beatdown. And from the very first play of the game, Raiders' first play, it was apparent. And 
think I was in denial then, but all the evidence was seen on that very first play. Hand it off to Josh Jacobs. The whole left side of the offensive line blown to pieces, blown apart. Josh Jacobs gets the ball. He's already got guys in the backfield. Um, they just got blown off the ball from play one to the last play of the game. As my hopes that they would adjust from that first play slowly died. And it was basically the tone setter for the entire game. The offense could get nothing going. Josh Jacobs was continually being met in the backfield. And on opportunities when he had a chance to pick up a third down, Tyrell Williams would drop the ball. Inexplicably drop the ball as a number one wide receiver. You gotta be fucking shitting me. Get your shit together. Then it snowballs and Derek Carr throws a pass into coverage. Um, that unluckily gets tipped in the air and returned for a touchdown. And I can't put all that on Derek Carr. He was doing some nice things there early. But, you know, things start to snowball. One thing leads to another, to another, to another. And nothing could go right for the Raiders. They could do nothing right. They came out flat again for the second week in a row. Something I totally did not expect. I expected this offensive line to step up to the challenge. And they did not. Um, I also expected the one thing did get right was the defensive line and the rush defense. They did pretty much corral Le'Veon Bell in the rush game. But he's devastating in the pass game, and so was everyone else on this day. The pass defense was horrible. People were open, crossing routes all day long. And I just don't understand. When you, guys playing five yards off or, or not even be able to cover these, you know, apparently Pro Bowl jet receivers. And do you think that pass defense has anything to do with Curtis Riley playing significant time again in the secondary? I don't care what you have to do. Get Curtis Riley the fuck off the field on defense. He's great on special teams. Leave him there. And Nevin Lawson is not much better. The kind of crap he's pulling out there. It reminds me of the preseason when he got burned continuously play after play. And he has played well past you know the past two weeks but there's always this potential that he can have a bad game like this it's always looming there and after praising Trayvon Mullen he didn't do so hot in this game either and Eric Harris you know was hoping for an interception or something from him to change the momentum the secondary much like the rest of the team didn't show up and although the run defense did its job continuously stopping the run when it came to third down, the pass defense could stop no one. Honestly, do what you need to do to at least keep Curtis Riley off the field. I don't care if you have to start down and Levitt in this place. Or move over Worley. Something. Something else besides Curtis Riley. So this was a, whole, a complete team effort in a loss, as much as I've ever seen. Everyone's to blame in this. Everything went wrong. Everyone had a part to play in it. Not just one person. Certainly aren't, isn't on Derek Carr. I've seen all I need to see about Derek Carr. And once we get him to pieces, he'll be fine. So it's just a reminder where this team is. and They just don't have the talent to make mistakes. To have bad spots. They, they don't. You have to execute perfectly. Every play, every game. As I've said before... Still two or three years away. You need two or three years of more draft and free agent additions adding to the core of this football team. And I don't think they'll start seriously competing until next year 
And by that third year, I expect this to be a loaded team. But right now, we just don't have a ton of talent, and that's just where we are. There's nothing we can do about that right now. But make no mistake, the coaching, the coaching staff is great. The development's great. And this team's ahead of schedule and undeniably rising. And quite possibly, they came out flat or it and didn't show up because they're looking ahead to this Kansas City game in KC. And that's very possible. That is very possible. And people will say, well, they have no, they're in no position to be looking past anybody. And that's true. Like I said before, we're not robots, we're humans. And these guys still trying to learn to win. But they might have looked past the Jets a little bit. You know, it just might have happened. Just a little bit. And all my little clever headlines about the Jets sweep, down the drain, all the shit I was going to talk about. Ugly ass, bug eyed Adam Gase, down the drain. And I'm developing a new hatred for Sam Darnold. And Jamal Adams over there running his mouth, blah, 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 blah. Raider fans were booing us. Uh, which is a moment to make me proud. Out there, Raider Nation in New York, booing the home team. Pisses them off. Well, you know, be pissed at your fans. They suck, not, not, not Raider fans. But Jamal Adams out there running his mouth is annoying. But, hey, if we didn't get our asses stomped by 31 points, he wouldn't be out there running his mouth, would he? And there's a lot of blame going on Derek Carr and Paul Gunther. But, like I said, everyone's to blame in this one. And I've already went over how I feel about Carr, that he is a franchise quarterback. He is a leader of this team and can lead this team to a Super Bowl, I feel, one day. And I still continue to see those things from Carr. Nothing I saw discouraged me from that. And as with Paul Gunther, as I've said before, I cannot judge these guys until they have all the pieces, especially on defense. Paul Gunther, it's very apparent, needs a lot more pieces. And I don't care what defensive coordinator you bring in there to run that defense as it is now. I don't think they're going to have any more success than Paul Gunther's getting out of these guys. I mean, let's remember the positives here. Do have 26 sacks on the season. And the run defense is pretty decent. And as bad as I've criticized LaMarcus Joyner, uh, we need him back immediately. Uh, anything to get Curtis Riley from playing any any downs on defense so there was some flatness coming into this game so I feel it is a look ahead spot to the Chiefs and a long cross-country trip you know you almost have to treat this like the London trip I think and I don't think the Raiders the Raiders got in at their usual time and with that long of a trip you need a couple days to adjust for jet lag I think they should have changed the schedule up a little bit and got there early and acclimated Although I don't believe in the 10 a.m. start time nonsense. I think the Raiders will, you know, they'll, they'll play good generally at the 10 a.m. spot. But when you're talking about a trip coast to coast, there is a jet lag factor. It's real. And I just think, you know, in a little more detail in the preparation of uh, getting there a little, little earlier. Give guys time to acclimate. So with a playoff spot on the line and... They weren't able to pull it off. They weren't able to come through. The Jets came out and played motivated. Like they were the team battling for a playoff spot. So, like I've said, extremely disappointing. But we've got to move past it now. We've got to move on. We've got to lay that chapter to bed. Learn from it. Move on. And 
and get ready for KC and apply it towards Kansas City. And social media is never the greatest thing after a Raider loss, but man, this seems especially vicious this weekend. Um, the attacks on Derek Carr continue, and they're getting more aggressive and more impatient. And I'll continue to say sometimes we say dumb things, but we're all passionate and we all love our team. Um, sometimes we'll right nail, nail it right on the head and things that have to be said. But as far as Carr at this point, like I've said, you guys know how I feel. I think that's a little unfair. The attack's pretty brutal, and now extending to his family and attacking his brothers, which I don't really agree with. Um, and also, after the loss, attacking Jets fans. We're the ones that got smoked by 31. Who do you open your mouth and talk shit about their team? Their team, all the shit you talk about the Jets and how shitty of a team they are. If they're that bad and they beat us by 31, what does that make us? Take a look in the fucking mirror. Have some humility. Show some humbleness. Whatever the hell the word is. Be a little humble about it. Because we did, in fact, as a nation, our team got humbled. And one of Derek Carr's brothers, uh, Darren Carr, I believe, exchanging blows with Jamal Adams on Twitter, which is, it's, it's insane out there right now. And probably not the best move. Darren Carr came at him, and Jamal Adams came back with the finisher fatality on him. And there go our chances of signing Jamal Adams when he becomes a free agent. Granted, we probably don't need the guy. What am I talking about? If you can upgrade with Jamal Adams, you do it. But he's probably out of our price range um, when he does become a free agent. And But that's the type of guy I want on my team. I'm not mad at Jamal Adams for barking at Derek Carr or talking shit at, after, you know, post-interview. That's the kind of guy I want on my team. That's the kind of guy I want talking shit to the opposing team with ferocious physical play. And now you take a look at the playoff picture in our own division. The Chiefs remain one game ahead as we approach a game with them. And... The playoff landscape, wild card especially, is littered with six and five teams. And the Raiders are back in the position um, of being the first team in on the outside looking in. With the, the tumor-like Pittsburgh Steelers continuing to hang around against all odds. By the way, it's a great coaching job so far by Mike Tomlin. Just shows what you can have. You might not have great offense. But it shows what you can have when you got a defense that can hold it down till the offense can get something going. And that's really what the Raiders need right now is a defense that can get some stops when the offense is sputtering a little bit. And that's something we don't have. The Colts, of course, also in that mix, as well as the Texans and the Tennessee Titans. These three teams worry me. These are the teams that we're mainly going to be battling with. As Hopefully continue to watch the Buffalo Bills fall, which, of course... The jackasses didn't do us a favor this weekend. You can't depend on them for anything, I swear. You suck, you jackass. And the Bills notch another win, but they're in for a tough road ahead. The Titans are not... The Titans worry me a lot because now that Tannehill's in charge, they're going to have a very efficient offense to go along with a pretty stout defense. It's going to be a problem when we face them. Not to mention that Tannehill has one of the best QB ratings versus the Raiders. Uh, and so does Nick Foles, who we're also facing, and of course, Patrick Mahomes. 
So the road ahead is daunting. I don't care what the, you know, experts say. These are very real possibility that these are three losses right here. And th this really ties into how, how, how shrewd and tricky the media is. Just last week, these guys were showering the Raiders with apologies, which they needed to do if they wanted to keep any credibility. All these experts have predicted them this and that. You know, three wins, lucky to get to four, and not sniffing six wins, that type of shit. Yeah, they needed to apologize for that. But what the media has done is twist this. Yes, the Raiders have done well and done better than they expected and proved them wrong. But let's not get it twisted. This is still, like I said, the talent level is not there. And they've twisted the narrative around to where, oh, they're 6-4 and four now. The Raiders have an easy, one of the easiest remaining schedules. They should win all these games and make the playoffs. Thus setting the Raiders up very shrewdly for if they don't win these games to be failures and that they're pretty much right and to get back on the train of them being a dysfunctional organization they had a chance to make the playoffs, but couldn't pull it off. Saying things like, the Raiders should beat these remaining teams on their schedule. No, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. They're overachieving and got to play perfect games every time. And even then, the games are close. The media will have you believe that the Raiders have an easy, clear path to the playoffs. This team's still barely learning to win. They don't know how to win. And there is no clear and easy path to the playoffs. So it's an easy media setup, and let's not all be sheep about this. Let's not all be manipulated like we all, like we all have weak little minds. Don't fall for the media BS. It was false praise in order to set up, set them up for failure. And the last thing I want to address on this pod is the referees. Now, let's start with the Raider game. There was in... Obvious bad call, a phantom personal foul, a, a ridiculous personal foul penalty on Maurice Hurst. Took away a sack from Max Crosby. And no surprise that the notorious Cleek Blakeman was involved. Also in the Patriots-Cowboys game, a phantom tripping call. And I was asked by a friend, why don't the referees get... Fines for making bad calls, egregiously bad calls. Why is there no accountability from the, when the refs make a bad, potentially game-changing call? Zero accountability, nothing, no punishment, no anything. They just get continue to make stupid, bad calls. That needs to change. They need to be fined for these idiotic calls. And I definitely will be talking with Roger about this next time I see him. But it was nice to see proper punishment doled out for Miles Garrett. An indefinite suspension, as long as this goes into next season, too. Uh, finally, and that's all I'm asking, some fair treatment. And a guy pulls a helmet off. Uh, 2019, pulling someone's helmet off and actually hitting them on top of the head with it. I don't know if I've ever seen that. The actual connecting with the helmet, you know. The actual hitting him on the head part. And he whacked Mason Rudolph on top of the head with his own helmet. And it didn't even seem to phase him. Which was strange. This day and age, helmets being pulled off and actually hitting someone with it. The time I've seen a helmet pulled off, I was a wee lad. 
early 80s or so, when Lyle Alzado, the Los Angeles Raiders, ripped off a helmet from a New York Jets player, some offensive lineman, I can't remember who it was. Man, I wish he was in this past game. I wish he would have went over there and ripped off all the helmets of those fake-ass tough guys. Anyway, he rips a helmet off this guy, throws it at him, and then points at him uh, like he's going to kill the guy. And the offensive lineman wanted no part of Lyle Alzado, putting his hands to his sides like, what? I'm sorry, man. Yeah, you better be sorry. This dude will rip your head off. And yeah, Lyle Alzado was on steroids. But if you think he's the only one that was on steroids in that day and age or whatever, you're wrong. Everyone was doing it. Um, just like Lance Armstrong when he got busted for steroid use. Oh, lo and behold, the entire field of bicycle 10-speed riders was on steroids to ride some 10-speeds up some damn hills. All of them. And, of course, baseball, Barry Bonds never got busted um, technically. But when you have watermelon head, and it's a dead giveaway, and all of a sudden you're jacking 70 homers, and you look like fucking Hulk Hogan out there. But even though Barry Bonds didn't get busted, just about every single player around him was doing steroids, and a lot of people did get busted. So if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, um, well, then he's probably injecting steroids in his butt, most likely, or something like that. And Lyle Alzado was such so kind to kids. You'd always see him on TV being nice to kids. And I looked up to that guy as a little kid. I still do. I don't care if he did steroids. He actually brought, you know, he retired. And then in the late 80s, early 90s or so, I remember him trying to make a comeback. And the loyal Al Davis gave him a shot on the team. And I remember when he was attempting his comeback, he was doing some workouts on the beach. Man, he was really trying his ass off. He was trying his hardest. Doing the wheelbarrow on the beach while someone was holding his legs. He was working his ass off. And I saw him, I remember him in a couple preseason games, and that was it. You know, his comeback was done. He got cut, and then he decided to officially retire. And I swear, only a year or so later, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, looking like a skeleton. I mean, he'd lost like 100 pounds. And I can't, I can't remember exactly what the headline was, but it was like, I lied or I'm sorry or whatever. And it's just a tragic end for a great, great player and person, I think, Lyle Alzado. And he's one of the first, he's the first jersey I got because he's one of the most memorable characters I remember when I first uh, started watching the Raiders. It was Lyle Alzado, of course, Marcus Allen, and Howie Long and Lester Hayes were my first Raider influences. And for some reason, Bill Pakel, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, that was <laughs> 35 or so years ago. And that's the last time I seen a helmet pull off someone's head. In this day and age, 2019, there's no place in the game for this. It's uncalled for. This guy should be suspended forever. Right? Right? The violence is immense. It's attacking someone with a weapon. An assault with a weapon. Deadly weapon, right? Anyways. The Raiders are going to have to rebound against the Chiefs. And that's a tall task. And there will be a review on it later in the week. But 
Uh, going against Randy Reed off a of bye week isn't good. He's going to have wrinkles, this and that. Um, so I'm not expecting them. No, I'm not expecting them to win that game. So you go in to last weekend at 6-4. and four. Now you're 6-5. and five. Most likely after the Chiefs game, you'll be 6-6. Six and six. Uh, With the Titans, Jags, and Chargers, and Broncos. So yeah, this is, is going to be a tough, tough hill to climb. And most likely, with this in front of them, it's going to be hard for them to make it up this hill. And, but like, if they do, like I said, that's all bonus. Right now is all bonus. No one predicted six victories. No one thought they would get here. No one thought that they would be contending for a playoff spot. So right now they're overachieving. People need to understand that. This ain't a Super Bowl contender with a number one defense and a super-powered offense like the other contenders. It's a very real possibility lose to the Titans the way they've been playing after losing to the Chiefs and lose to the Jaguars and lose to the Chargers and Broncos, who if we do have a little faint hope of playoffs, that'll be all the motivation they need to knock the Raiders out. So let's make sure we keep it in perspective, people. Don't be fooled by the media. I mean, really? These are all games the Raiders should win and they just cruise right into the playoffs? Since when? The media gets it wrong so far to the left, and then they get it wrong so far to the right. The Raiders aren't as bad as they said, and they misjudge them once again, and they're trying to say that they're a playoff contender. They're not that good. They make the playoffs, they'll be lucky. These aren't teams we should beat. These are teams we hope we beat, especially with the way the performance they showed last week against the Jets. This is a team, this isn't even a team that knows how to win yet. They're still learning that. And they're expecting all these victories as they cruise into the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. It's bullshit. And we need to shine the proper light on it, put it in perspective, and give these guys the credit they deserve for what they've done so far to this point today. Even with that shitty loss in New York. And I thought they played better. And... I was, like I said, I'll have the KC review coming up, and but for now, that's all I got. This guy's not falling. This team is ahead of schedule, Raider Nation, and remember that. Keep that in mind. Your team's doing well. And always keep it silver and black. And remember, there's only one nation, baby. And as we approach Thanksgiving, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving out there to Raider Nation and only Raider Nation. Nah, I'm just kidding. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone as we brine our turkeys, get ready to throw them in the oven tomorrow. And hopefully the Raiders aren't the turkeys getting brined this weekend and thrown in the oven in KC for a giant feast. And at the end of the pod, I'm going to play the autumn win in full for the Raider fan out there. Um, for me, especially, it's just great and energizing to hear that song. Gets me goosebumps. And ready to go every single time. And a little bit of that song. Get Nation ready to run through a wall in KC. Support this team. That's all I got, guys. I'll see you next time. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country 
a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down 